Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Family Business Today podcast, where every family business has a story to tell and a step to take to not only thrive, but working together, create a lasting family legacy. I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Marshall Rabel. Marshall serves as the sales and marketing director of Virginia-based and family-owned Hubbard Peanut Company, which his grandmother and grandfather founded nearly 70 years ago. Named one of Inside Business's 40 Under 40 in 2019, Marshall helps lead the company with a big heart for his community and his multifaceted experiences, ranging from sustainable development studies to leading student groups internationally. Well, hello, Marshall. Hello, Greg. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing better than I deserve, but thanks so much for joining me for this edition of Family Business Today. I've really been looking forward to hearing more about how Hubbard Peanut Company got started and how it got to where it is today. Well, thank you very much for having us. It really is an honor to to take some time today to speak with you, and uh, we really do appreciate it. Well, great. Well, great. Well, you know, uh, you're a third generation, so it, uh, let's go back to the very, very beginning uh, uh, when your grandparents started the company. Uh, tell us the story of how your grandparents started Hubbard Peanut Company, aka Hubs, and how it has grown to be the family business it is today. So my uh, my grandmother was a school teacher back in the day and in the, in the 50s, and my grandfather was the, a purchasing manager at Union Camp, which was the paper mill here in, here in town. And um, my great-grandfather had a peanut farm, and my grandmother would go into the farm and, and, and pick out the largest peanuts she could find and had a unique recipe for cooking them, which is uh, she would soak them in hot water and fry them in oil. And so they would start giving them to friends, uh, you know, her college friends and, and folks around town. And people started asking her for them. And so they decided that they were going to try to start a little business. Um, and so Dot was literally going into the fields and handpicking the largest peanuts she could find. And she worked with some uh, folks here in, in Sedley, Virginia, some ladies in town. She'd take them a tub of peanuts and they would hand skin them. And then she would soak them in hot water and fry them in oil, which is called blister fried cooking, which is the, which is the uh, cook process that she uh, pioneered. Um, and so uh, from giving them away as gifts, they started going to the hardware stores. My grandfather started taking them to the hardware stores and the pharmacies. And at the time, the only peanut that was available was a planter's peanut. And it was a dry roasted, it's a Virginia type, but a smaller kernel. And because Dot was using the biggest peanuts she could find and had a unique recipe for cooking them, they thought they tasted twice as good as as the planters. And so they were twice as big, tasted better, and they commanded twice the price. And so instead of selling uh, nickel bags of of planters, H.J., my grandfather, convinced the the markets to sell them for a dime. And so that's... (laughs) The specialty peanut category was born then because, uh, like I said at the time, that was uh, there was no other uh, person or company that um, had kind of uh, created this gourmet category of peanuts. And so um, even the USDA actually did not have a grade for the peanuts that Dot was, was using. She would only, um, she would start to go into the shellers and would only um, pick the peanuts that would not go through the screens. So wow. literally the cream of the crop of the peanuts and then 
Um, you know, that that's just, that's kind of how this category was born. And now there's 20 to 30 companies close by that are doing something similarly. So it's, it's interesting that their uh, business has created what it has uh, in, in the in Virginia and the Carolinas. Uh, pretty cool how that, how that started. Oh, thank you. Well, well, first of all, I've, I've always found that uh, farmers are very entrepreneurial and um, uh, taking it uh, uh, something that they, they have and figuring out a, a different way of uh, marketing it, whether it's peanuts or peaches or, or, or whatever. So uh, uh, thanks for sharing that. Now, also part of that story I understand is, is that uh, uh, your grandmother cooked those first batches in uh, her kitchen at home. Uh, and But today, uh, y'all have expanded a little bit <laughs> uh, from the kitchen uh, to the processes that you're in today. Could you share a little bit about that? Sure. Well, so yeah, we did start in our little home in Sedley, and that's where our offices and our kitchen still are. Oh. So there's a little five-room home where we started, and uh, she was just deep frying peanuts and, and, and a little fry ladle. And then we, and my grandfather started working with the local engineer to design a continuous cook operation. Um, and so we were able to scale that way, um, which, which was, which was great. And, and Vernon, who was our first full-time employee was our, was our cook for over 55 years, really. Hmm. Um, which, which was, which was great to have That's somebody. a lot of peanuts. With, with a lot of peanuts that he cooked. <laughs> Um, but we're still, this is still our home. And sadly, my mother has been the CEO of our company uh, for the last 30 years, really. And she, her office was her childhood bedroom that she shared with her twin sisters. And that? so, and I, and I share a wall with her right now. So we're still very much home cooked in, a, in, a, in our original home. And our cook, still, we have two people in the kitchen, one who's watching every basket of the blancher and one who's watching every basket uh, in the roaster. So it's still very small scale, small batch, but we have grown past the, the, the little kitchen uh, that is now our finance officer's um, <laughs> office. But um, yeah, so pretty, pretty cool little homegrown story. We outgrew all of the, the land here in, there, in, the, uh, in Sedley. And the last couple of years, we've expanded into Franklin, Virginia, which is just the town over. Uh, we purchased an old farm fresh grocery store um, when they went out of business and have been mm -hmm. repurposing every, every part of that store. Um, so we have a, now we have a large retail front that is kind of an event space. We have concerts, we do community gatherings, we have guest chefs things of that nature for the community, but we've also um, have a new production line and a new packaging line where we um, converted the old uh, meat department and the beer cooler into a chocolate and roving line. So we've kind of vertically integrated a little bit and, and now we're cooking the peanuts here in Sedley. We're coating them in chocolate and Franklin and packaging and shipping and everything out of, out of Franklin now too. Oh, wow. Um, which has been great. And, and that space has given us the opportunity to partner with the Food Bank of Southeastern Virginia. And we have different civic organizations that come in and, and make backpacks uh, for, the, for the kid programs here, here locally, which, is, which has been nice as well. So we've really been able to expand and do some other things that we've wanted to um, now that we've outgrown their home finally. <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. Well, let's, let's, let's move up from the founder and um, uh, 
the the now generation to the next generation, uh, which is your generation. I have a lot of listeners uh, uh, who are are like you, who have made a commitment uh, to join the family business or are considering joining the family business. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how or when you knew that you were going to work in the family business. Did you do work somewhere else before you came into the family business? Just tell us your story on how you got started at Hubs. Sure. Well, you know, you always wonder why you're born, where you're born, and to who you're born to. (laughs) And um, so I've always been very interested in this business and this community um, since a young age. And I think I started kind of fantasizing about what it would be like to work here um, in my teen years. But I left Franklin and, and Southampton County when I was 15 and went to boarding school and then went to college. And, and during those college years, I, my mother, who was running the company then, was always encouraging me to go out and, and do something else that I could bring back if I was interested. And I, and I did. And, and so like, the, I guess, always wondering why I was from rural Virginia kind of sparked an interest. And, and, I, and I, my first job out of college, I worked for the Japanese uh, Ministry of Education um, and lived in a small village in Japan and, and taught English. And I was on this edu- international education um, path at the time. And I started leading college students around the developing world. We, we went to India and Central America and East Africa. And so I really um, had an opportunity to see the world um, through education and service work, uh, with doing a, a variety of development projects. And I had a five-year goal in my 20s that I wanted to travel the world and have someone pay for me to do it. And, and, <laughs> and education, good, good goal. Yeah, well, and education was, was a good way to do that. Uh, but I also realized that, you know, all of these things that we're doing abroad, um, I see a lot of a need here in Southampton County in Virginia um, that um, I can put my energy into continuing kind of community development projects through our business. Um, and I, when I moved to Nashville, I was working on a, on a startup company that had some, uh, a philan- it was a philanthropic fashion company that was kind of following the, the Tom Shoe wave, um, but it, it never really took off. But what I did as I started working at Whole Foods Market, uh, because I wanted to get a better understanding of the grocery business. You know, we're, we're primarily a direct consumer brand and have been since our inception through our uh, through mail order catalogs and now through our own e-commerce site. But we have diversified a bit and work and have worked with grocery stores like Fresh Market, Wegmans. We've worked with Whole Foods in the past. So when I was working at Whole Foods, it gave me an opportunity to really understand specialty foods, distribution, um, and some of those markets in a, in a different way. So um, that was that was something I did prior to coming back to the business. So I kind of had this international experience, and then I got into food and specialty foods through through large grocery at Whole Foods, and studied kind of John Mackey's conscious capitalism. Um, culture and approach to business and was really inspired by my days at at Whole Foods to try to come back to Virginia and come back to Hubbard Peanut Company with a, a mind towards what we can do to um, integrate our business more into the community. And so that's kind of what I've been doing the last several years with my family. 
um, and kind of been try trying to spearhead some of the some of that. So that's a long answer to your story, but I'm I'm back here now and and happy to be and happy to be. Oh, here. good, 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 good. So, so uh, you did accomplish your five year goal. You uh, traveled the world on some somebody else's uh, uh, penny, and and part of that you stopped off uh, in our in our city, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So we're great. It's great that uh, you have, have seen it all. Well, hey, let's let's talk a little bit about you know not a lot of family businesses uh, make it to the third generation, and and a lot um, uh, especially don't make it to the fourth and beyond. And so I congratulate y'all for for being one of those uh, companies uh, in the third generation now. But one of the things I find many times in talking to the next generation is is they may not have known the founder, in your instance, you did did know your, your grandmother, grandfather, but t tell us why it's important to remember and share your grandparents' legacy and values to, to today's family members, your team members, and your customers. I think that's a great question, Greg, and something that I, I think um, is important to our culture at Hubbard Peanut Company as a family business. Um, I mean, a couple of things. I never worked with them. I really obviously would love to have had the opportunity to work with them and, and ask them questions and engage with them now. But when we do have a lot of employees that have been here 30, 40, some 50 years. And so I've been able to hear stories about their work ethic and their attention to detail and how important quality was and how community driven and focused they were. And I think all of those um, things that I just mentioned have been um, integral to, to our culture and who we are. And so um, I just think it, it it's obviously part of our business is um, the, I mean, our attention to detail, our service, the quality, and all of in all aspects of the business are, are something that Dot and HJ instilled in um, in the business from early days, and and hopefully we've continued to um, articulate and implement those uh, characteristics to everyone that comes on board, um, whether they've been here forty years or or, or two months. Um, so it, it really is an important thing to to do. I agree. Oh, great, great. Well, let's 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 expand out on that a little bit. Uh, I know we work with family-owned businesses across the country, and we always emphasize the importance of crafting a clear, compelling vision and getting stakeholder buy-in uh, for your business success. Tell us about your family's vision for Hubbard Peanut Company, and how have you maintained it through multiple generations? Um. Well, I think we've we've wanted to can, to represent the highest quality peanut on the market um, as for the product that we sell, and that and that comes from from the packaging details to the gift messages that we put on each can, and to how we answer the phone and communicate with our customers, and and that's just that's it's very simple that vision I think of of trying to to maintain and create the best of a category, but I think a really important aspect of it is the community-focused aspect that um, has been, was a vision for Dot and HJ and something that they instilled in their children, and that's how they, the second generation has led us to where we are today um, and, and how we are perceived in the community. And now with our new space that we have, and uh, we have a 7,000 square foot kind of community hub now, that I think um, 
really represents a lot of what Dot and H.J. talked about and dreamt about uh, in the 70s and 80s. And now finally that that vision has kind of become somewhat of a reality um, as a as a community centered hub. Um, and and so I think that their vision, you know, like many visions, can can take generations to achieve. But I think um, now I feel like we've gotten to a pretty good place and hopefully we can just continue to expand upon that. Hmm. Well, very good. So what you're saying is, is that uh, if your grandparents were, were still with you today, they'd be very proud of how uh, their children and grandchildren have carried on really the family vision for Hubbard Peanut Company. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for sharing that with us. Well, um, you know, always conversation comes up about transitioning to the next generation. We always tell family business owners that the only thing we can guarantee is that 100% of us will transition whether we want to or not. So why not plan for it? What advice can you offer to family businesses considering transitioning to the next generation? Oh, I think I'm, I'm due for a lot of advice. <laughs> in that category. That's okay. That's a good, honest answer, by the way. <laughs> um, in that category. But, you know, I think communication is, is key. Um, and, and having clear and concise plans for succession from the second to third generation, third to fourth, or whatever that may be. Um, but yeah, I think making sure that we communicate with one another what our, our own goals are as like, as my mother is, is becoming closer to retirement age, like we need to have um, clear plans as a, as a next gen of what the second generation's um, plans are for retirement, whether that's just in, on the day-to-day -day operational side or as owner board member shareholders, um, making sure that you have a clear understanding on how you want to exit and pass the baton, so to speak. And I, and I think a lot of businesses have trouble with that. Um, some, some people may move on uh, unexpectedly before plans are in place. And I think that it's, it's very important to, to have written um, plans, buy-sell agreements, whatever those may be, um, uh, lined up for the next generation to, in order to succeed. And I think to make sure that um, everyone's vision and goals align and passions align. I think if you don't have someone in the next generation that, is, that has the interest or willingness to, to take it to another level or to continue um, trying to progress the business, um, then you have to figure out it, if it needs to stay in the family or not and, and what the exit might look like. So I, I just think communication um, and, and clear vision planning for what everyone's goals are is, is hugely important. Um, and that's something we're all trying to figure out right now, honestly. Good, good, good. Well, yes, there's, there's, we always say there's three, three important things uh, to do when you work in a family business and you're considering uh, uh, transitioning is it's communications, communications and communications. It's very, very important. Well, let's, 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 let's talk about, so uh, some of our listeners may be that next generation like you who may be considering joining their family business. Based on your experience, what questions should they ask before joining their family business? And I think that's also a great question. I, I, I kind of touched on that, I think, uh, 
in the previous um, question as far as making sure that uh, the second generation's goals are, are clear. Uh, when, when are they going to retire? What is mm -hmm. that going to look like? And, and I know that's easier said than done. But I mean, I think it, just, <laughs> it goes back to the communication, communication, communication. Um, what, what, are the, what are their goals? What are their passions? And, and do, do their vision, does their vision align with where we currently are as a business? Um, and so I think th those are important questions and things for next generation members to consider uh, because business continuously evolves, especially as quickly, probably quicker now than it ever has with technological advancements. And that can make it challenging at times, but I think it's, um, uh, it's just important that, to, that visions are aligned and that uh, plans are in place for the second generation's exit or third or fourth generations, you know? Well, that's, that's good. We, uh, we, you know, just a few weeks ago, uh, uh, England celebrated the 70th anniversary of uh, the queen uh, being, being on the throne, which in one sense, the word is the CEO. So we call that in family business, uh, we call that the Prince Charles syndrome. Uh, <laughs> Prince Charles was told early on as the oldest uh, child that someday this will all be yours. And of course, she's had it for 70 years and he's, he's 72 years old. And so <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> as far exactly. as uh, what, that, what that's going to be like? And so we need, we need to have a clear understanding of what does that mean as far as when joining the family business. So thanks for your honesty and sharing that. Well, you mentioned it earlier about you know, you're actively involved in a number of community uh, activities, uh, social enterprise initiatives, whatever. Tell, tell us a little bit why it's important for a family business uh, like yours to give back to their community. Well, you know, I, I mentioned that um, when I was at Whole Foods, I was kind of studying John Mackey's approach to yeah. business. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's necessarily just family businesses. I think business in general has a great opportunity to be a, a major player in, in community service. Um, you know, business is about people and um, people make up a community. <laughs> and yeah. we, we believe that it's important for all of our team to give back. And so we, we've created a program called Hubs Hearts that is still developing, but we, we offer, you know, paid time off for people in our, in our, on our team to volunteer in the community. And that can be a number of different things that they do, whether it's doing some of our sponsored food bank initiatives where we're packing backpacks together as a team, or you've got uh, individuals that go and do work for the United Way, or whatever it may be, but we do encourage um, all of our team to join volunteer boards in the community. We're a small town and it requires um, a lot from individuals just to keep the town moving and to keep some of the nonprofits afloat. And so we recognize that that time is, is important to, to get away from the office and to give back to the community. And so we do offer uh, paid time off for, for folks to get involved. And I think um, that is part of that kind of conscious capitalist approach to doing business. I think there are a number of different stakeholders that um, business impacts. And it's just, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer that business can do good 
and not and not just take. And I think business and capitalism has gotten a bad rap in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but it is business that has the ability to improve communities and really develop um, nonprofits and relationships through through um, our own people and our our minds and ideas and all of those things. And so, I, I mean, I just am a, a very strong believer that we need to be involved in the community. We're, we're such a small town and. Um, I mean, I think it, I think that holds true in New York and in L.A. as well. Sure. I think it's just sure. an important thing to be uh, global community oriented citizens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, it's uh, so important for since we we work, live, team members uh, and many times our customers are members of our community uh, and, and they give so much to us. Uh, from standpoint of, of, of uh, sales, uh, 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 team members, whatever, it's a great way for, for any of us who are in family business to give back to our communities, whether it's just our local community or our nation or even uh, to the world. So thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, so uh, anyway, before you joined the company, I want to go back to this five-year goal that you had, which is a pretty good goal. You travel the world and, and, and do it on somebody else's dime. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in the next five years? Yes, sir. Well, hopefully I, I, am, I am right here and continuing to develop some of the concepts that are in their infancy with our business. Um, I think we've got some new partnerships that I'm hoping to develop over the next couple of years. We have some new products that now that we have the space at, at the Hubs Vine, we have the ability to, um, to grow our, our product lineup as well as our, our um, social kind of missions with the food bank and those things. And, and, and honestly, hopefully we, we are just continuing to evolve and, and, and grow and, and not just have our succession plan with second to third generation leadership, but in all elements of our business. Because like I said, we've had people that have been here um, for their entire careers and they're in transitional states right now. So over the next several years, we've begun this process, but hiring people um, to, to kind of fill those roles um, for the next 10, 15, 20 years, hopefully. And so hope that I'd like to see us in a very similar place with expanded products and new people that have, that have been able to transition as seamlessly as possible because I think a lot of the, the time the, the trouble with second to third generation isn't just mom giving it to son or or grandfather to son or, or whoever I think it's the entire business that is that is um, transitioning and that is that's personnel across the board that's technology technological changes with new software systems that are being implemented new banking new knew everything. And so if that, if we're still here in five years, I think that means that we have transitioned well, and hopefully um, I'm just part of that transition um, because it, it is, it is a challenge. It's, it's not sure. just uh, the, the second to third generation leadership, but there's so many elements that need to transition. And so hopefully the next five years, uh, we're, we're still, we're still on the right path and um, doing kind of what we're doing today. Oh, good, good. Well, um, you did, uh, you, you've already answered my next question, and partly is, is that uh, 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 there may be some 
new products uh, from Harvard Peanut Company over the next five years. And uh, we'll certainly look forward uh, to seeing those and tasting those and enjoying them as much as the Hubs Peanut. So um, just uh, you mentioned in your in your history and your story, uh, your third generation. Uh, are there other members of your family that work at Hubbard Peanut Company? And more importantly, is there a next generation after you of uh, family business leaders out there? Well, uh, my grandparents had four children, and at, obviously they all worked in the business at one point. Mm-hmm. And then our, our our second generation only had three children, and we're uh, my cousin. And my sister and I are now um, board members, but I'm the only one who's working um, in the business day to day. But we have had, uh, I guess we have five children now, and they range in age from 15 to three. And so it's really, it's really hard to know um, where, where we're going to be with the fourth generation, but um, it would certainly be an honor uh, to work with any of the, the five of those folks right now. Um, but hopefully in the next the next five year plan is to get some of them out of high school into college, others yeah. into high school, and then hopefully just reading and writing and, and, and learning. So um, it's it's really hard to know, but uh, there there is a fourth generation and we'll we'll see. <laughs> sure. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, the 15 year old can, is probably old enough to push a broom or to uh, stick a label on a packing box or something. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Well, uh, well, you know, uh, I've sort of gotten hungry a little bit talking about <laughs> food. Uh, where can our listeners purchase Hubs peanuts? Well, and that is also a great question. <laughs> um, you know, our, our number one selling uh, channel is hubspeanuts.com. Um, and so we have a website where we ship directly to you. And, you know, the, the side hustle that my grandparents started was a, was a mail order catalog back in the fifties. And it's been our, yeah. been our primary business, um, since, but we are also sold at a, at a variety of specialty food markets around the country. Uh, it kind of depends on where you are, but we sell, uh, we're a private label brand for Wegmans that's based in the Northeast. We do their mm-hmm. salted peanuts we're in the fresh market across the country. Uh, we're in Natural Grocers, which is based out in Denver. Um, uh, Central Market for the folks in Texas. Uh, Zoo Pans out in Oregon. Or if you're a fly fisherman or an outdoor enthusiast, we uh, do a private label brand with Orvis, which is a fun partnership as well. So we've got a, a few strategic uh, retail partners across the country. But um, we, we've got all of our products and different case packs and, and such on our, on our website. So that, that would be the, the best place to check us out. All right. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our, of our uh, time together. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, hearing about uh, your family, your history, uh, your uh, advice to next generations and on transition planning. Uh, what are some closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, for me, it's, I think it's about peanuts in general. I, I do think that peanuts are the world's most important superfood. You know, as, as uh, we become more environmentally conscious, peanuts are a great plant-based protein that are grown on six to seven continents, and they really can feed the world. There's more antioxidants, fiber, folate, niacin um, than, than almonds, tree nuts, and, and other tree nuts, and they require a fraction of the water 
Um, it only takes three and a half gallons compared to 30 plus gallons to grow an ounce of, of peanuts compared to almonds. And so wow. from a, just a sustainability standpoint, I think that peanuts really are uh, an, an important food source uh, for the future. So I'm very bullish on, on the long longevity of peanuts as, as an important superfood. And, and I think a lot of people don't recognize um, how environmentally efficient they are and how healthy they really are in preventing heart disease and stroke. Uh, they're now on the mind diet. Um, so they're good for your heart, good for your brain. They taste good. They go well with uh, a cold beverage of your choice. They also go well on the golf course, whether you're hiking or biking or climbing or whatever. So they're a good energy food. And I just, I, I do want to articulate that they, they're healthy for you and the planet, which I think is uh, important moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a, uh, especially a hot day like today is a cold drink and a bag of, uh, of uh, Hubs peanuts. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, sir. Well, Marshall, thank you for being my guest on Family Business Today. Please accept our best wishes for continued success for you, your family, and for the Hubbard Peanut Company. We will graciously accept that, Greg, and thank you so much for your time as well. It, tru it truly was uh, an honor and a lot of fun to talk to you today. Well, you're quite welcome. F uh, for our listeners, to learn more about Marshall Rabel and the Hubbard Peanut Company, visit their website at www.hubspeanuts.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families create a positive environment where the family thrives, the business performs, and working together, create a lasting family legacy. Whether you're a business owner looking to grow your family business, or you are wanting to prepare to someday sell or transition the business to the next generation, check out our free resources on our website at www tncfb.com. If you want to talk to a family business advisor about your specific family business needs, schedule a 30-minute no-cost call by sending us an email to info at tncfb.com. If you want to talk, we will listen. So until next time, thanks for joining us.